All right. Welcome in. It is the Churn Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, the Commish at JDFran14, sitting alongside me, Connor Boddington at ConnorBods underscore FF. It is Monday, April 26th, draft week. Welcome in. Good show prepared for you. Happy to have you in here. I am pumped for this week. Um, I almost love draft season more than regular NFL season, which it's not the case, but with how the Giants have been lately, it's easier to kind of feel that way. So that's pretty much been my most exciting time of year for the last half decade. How are you feeling right now as a Chargers fan going into here? Are you preparing for you to, to do the Haka? Well, that is a that is definitely a promise. If we trade up to take Panay Sewell on draft day, I will perform for all to see. My best rendition of the Haka. I'm not going to do it tonight. I don't want to scare anybody away. As a Chargers fan, I'm excited. I think we have a, a very talented roster coming into 2021. Same tale. I say it every year, but I, I have a good feeling about Justin Herbert. He gives me winning vibes. And I the got vibes. those vibes from Phil Rivers, but I went through a decade of bullshit from 2010 to 2020. I don't feel that this time around, and I think we're going to be able to build a good team around them. You probably got to feel good, hope. too. You got a good roster building up. Giants, it's another year in that system. I'm definitely looking forward to see what you guys do. And on the topic, it was a little teaser of a potential trade or misfire on social media. Did you see that today? So that was actually fake. I know I sent it. Someone I think said that was someone just made that Photoshop and it ended up like making the rounds and going super viral. So we ate the trash. We fell for it. Yeah. Um, I, I bit the cheese. Cause but I'm also, <laughs> I thinking, did too. It wouldn't have made any sense. Anyways, if we're trading up, pay the mortgage, get your left tackle of the future. That's what I would be thinking. The only reason if it was real, I could see the chargers moving up two spots with the giants is if they think Rashawn Slater is not going to make it to them. And maybe that's their guy after Sewell, if they're okay with him, that's what I was thinking. If it was real, it wasn't that crazy of a trade, but doesn't matter. It's not real. We move on. Yeah. It was a very random one. I think to be made, like, I was like, this is so weird where it's like, it wasn't, it didn't jump out off the, like when you first looked at it, you didn't think, oh, this is fake. Like I usually have do a pretty good job, like sniffing that stuff out, I feel like, but I, I fell for it. I thought that was real. Agreed. Also in the news today, Julio Jones, is he on the move? What do we got going on? Falcons, I, with the way that they're kind of saying, think about the cap hits. 23 million if they trade him before June 1st, and he's way cheaper to dump and trade after June 1st. It sounded like they were pretty much this is gonna happen, it's is what it seems. Yeah, it it's sad to think about, but I mean, this has to increase the likelihood of them taking pits, I think. Like this, like now that you're like, oh, we're gonna be losing out on Julio. There's a generational pass catcher here. Another big body guy, you pair him with Ridley, like that's a really, really nice one-two punch going forward. So I think that could kind of be a precursor to that and something to keep an eye on. They could Do go you, chase too. So what look, the, the Falcons roster issues stem way like it's very deep. There was a pretty good uh Rich Hybar, Rybar. Going to try and pronounce that correctly. I think the it's pod. Rebar. I think the H is Rebar. Silent. You think it's a silent H? Forgive me yeah. if I'm if I'm incorrect. Went through and basically dissected the Falcons roster, and they have nobody. They have like nine players signed through 2022, and they have awful cap. So okay, if we're moving on from Julio Jones, yeah, that's sad for the Falcons, but that's not sad for Julio Jones. Maybe you get a chance to finish off your career with a contender somebody who needs a big bodied receiver to just be Julio Jones who are you going to compare him to he's one of the, he's one of his own one of those unicorn yeah he's one of those unicorn receivers that's top all time what if he ends up on the Chiefs alongside Tyreek Hill 
who needs a big body receiver? What if you ended up on the Panthers across from DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson? I know we, we had some things that we were talking pre-show about that, but Julio Jones can land anywhere because no team has Julio Jones. And I think you're going to get him with a few years left in the tank. Maybe he's not the one where you're expecting 150 targets a year because he has had some bad injury history, but you're going to get him at a value. He's not a bad football player. I saw a very, very funny tweet uh, talking about how, oh, this is just going to be, they're like, if real life football is anything like dynasty fantasy, people are just going to start offering up third round future picks for Julio, thinking that like you guys are looking to sell him at a value, which I don't think is the case. I think the Falcons know that they are in position where he's still a superstar and can carry your passing game by himself. So I think that, you're still going to have to pay a very pretty penny for him, especially after June 1st when it is a lot less of a cap hit. So we'll see. Um, I am excited, though, to, to see what happens with him. Fantasy-wise, I almost hope he just stays with the Falcons because he's uber – like he's just produced a, as a wide receiver one for like the last decade. So you know you're going to get that again with him if he's if he stays with Matt Ryan in, uh, in Atlanta. Yeah. Do you think that they could be setting up any interest in taking Jamar Chase or would Pitts be the skill player? Well, that was, I don't know. I, I said it earlier. I was like, it came to it hit me. I was like, wait, are they maybe going to line up to take Chase here too now? Because that could, I could throw kind of a monkey wrench in here. I still think they would be better off like trading, trading back or taking like a quarterback rather than uh, taking Pitts or Chase just to move back couple picks, pick up some more assets because the team, I think the team stinks. Do you think, think that Pitts can make it to nine if they traded back with the Broncos? No, I don't think so. So do you think that he would go to either the Bengals or the Dolphins at that point? I'm actually thinking through it now. Like, yeah, I mean – so I was thinking, and there's a there is a possibility where he might actually be available at nine or like God forbid, pick ten to the Cowboys. Um, where yeah, I mean, so you're thinking about it. If the top four picks are all quarterbacks, pick five the Bengals. I could see them easily going Sewell or Chase. I could see the Dolphins, yeah, and then I could see the Dolphins going either of those guys. And then so what? Pick seven is the Lions. They have Hawkinson, invested a lot into him. Don't see them taking another tight end. At eight, though, I could see him going to Carolina. To the, to the Panthers. I think that would be a great landing spot for Kyle Pitts. Spunk or flunk? I mean, he that that's a spunky pick landing spot for him with Darnold. If Trey Lance is on the board, do you think Carolina potentially says we're not fully committed to Sam Darnold? And we're going to take Trey Lance. Um, I can't see you trade away picks and give up that much though. I just why go for Darnold if you're going to go trade up and take a quarterback? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, let's say they stay, and one of the guys just falls to them. I'd probably trade back, and because here's the I thing: know. I think so. Who would you rather have going into next year, though, Darnold or Lance? Maybe both. That's my thought. Like, I would I, I would take the chance on Lance or, like, Fields over him. I mean, I would take, I think, any of these rookies, any of the top five guys over him for taking the chance. I think we've seen what Darnold is. Don't forget about the Patriots. Yeah. Getting into the top ten. Know somehow there's so much i'm so excited for thursday there's a lot going on i was thinking things twitter needs to put a deadline on submitting your takes on social media i think everybody needs a day off enough with like the all you see in the news is niners what are they going to do this is a good segue going through our targeted bullet points here segue to the niners All, all anybody's talking about they would be idiots not to take fields. Why would you pay up three first to go Mac Jones? Maybe they're going to go Trey Lance. Kyle Shanahan likes five guys at three. 
That's a lunch pun. Saw a good tweet on Twitter. Do you get it? What do you want for lunch? I'll go. Oh, I'll get five, five guys, guys at three. three. Okay. Yeah. Moving okay. on. Great tweet, by the way. Whoever I can't remember who that was. Excellent job. Food puns. I can't. I can't take it anymore because everybody knows more than everybody about what the Niners are going to do. There's only two guys on the planet that know what the Niners are going to do. It's John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. They you just think said they no. Yeah, I think they do know. They have to know. And there's so many different things. It could be I Fields could go to the Jets still. And I know that's a hot take, but he could. I know, I know. I think that that's something too to look at where I was like, I wonder there's still a chance it could go Fields, but it sounds like it is definitely going to be Zach Wilson to the Jets. That seems to be like, hey, Trevor Lawrence number 1. Zach Wilson, number two. Um, and so now we're, it's pretty much down to, according to Ian Rappaport, it is Trey Lance versus Mac Jones at pick three. Did you see that report? Yeah. Hate it. Yeah. Why, maybe, why are you considering Mac Jones or Trey Lance? Maybe Justin Fields isn't there? Unless they just don't like Justin Fields as a quarterback. That might and, be. That might be it. And, and it might be. It might be. Here's so, my take on Mac Jones. And I know I was definitely more excited about him when I thought he was going to go like, let's say 15 to the Patriots. And that was just going to be it. Like he wasn't going to be a top three pick. Mac Jones is way sexier as a value. Whatever you want to call it, a value discount. Yeah. Mac Jones brings to the table, maybe a, a younger, fresh legs, less of an injury history than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you've seen Jimmy be hurt two of the three seasons. He's been there. He's highly accurate. He doesn't leave the pocket much. So what are you focusing your offense on? You're focusing it around the playmakers that the Niners have Brandon. Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, a sick running game. You can feature your playmakers, not the quarterback. All you're relying on Mac Jones to be at that point is efficient accurate touch balls, which he thrives in, right? Justin Fields is a weapon. You need to tailor your offense to the skill set of fields where he can upgrade any offense. Mac Jones can just come in and be a quarterback for the Niners. What are you, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I mean, I said it, I think I was just like, Mac Jones is just a quarterback. And like, yeah. I don't mean that in like a bad way or anything, but like, he's just, he's a, He's a quarterback like this guy. I think seven, eight years ago would probably be a little bit higher and how everyone felt about him. But I mean, right now you see, I know you always are talking about it, the Konami code, but it's like, you got to be able to like move with the ball in your hand as a quarterback, like offensive line play has, I feel like really gotten a lot worse. And that's probably due to the, increase of all the seven on seven stuff in high school and then now the wide open air raid spread offenses in the college game so it's like these offensive linemen aren't like they're not having to be taught as much how to be like a high-end offensive lineman so you're seeing that play level go down so quarterbacks need to be able to move around a little bit he is good in the pocket though i will say that mac jones that is he's like elusive in there he's got some good feet so that stuff is very important um I don't know. Mac Jones feels a little bit safer to me than Fields. Fields has a little bit more up and down in his game, but I think this could be something that we're just looking back on in like two seasons where it's like, why did we overthink Justin Fields? It's the same thing that kind of happened with uh, Watson, like coming out his rookie year when he fell in the draft. And then everyone's like, after his first three starts, they're like, why did we ever doubt this guy? Like, and I'm wondering if we're running into that same thing here with Fields. People like to use the Ohio State take against him. Which is stupid when it's Alabama, too. I was just going to say, what did you tell me? Uh, oh, I had a good example, and it just slipped my mind. Hold on. Go to the computer, because I may have written this down somewhere. If you have a thought. The only Alabama quarterback, so it's all right. You got Tua, jury's still out. AJ McCarron, meh. Oh, meh. That's that. Greg, that was one of them. 
Yeah, Greg McElroy. Meh. <laughs> Besides that, I don't even. Greg McElroy, though, is a very good announcer. I will say that. I do enjoy him when he's calling college games. Um, he's awesome, up and coming guy. Besides that, I don't even know any other Alabama quarterbacks off the top of my head who I can like think back to. Those guys who like had even a cup of coffee in the NFL. <laughs> you just said a cup of coffee in the NFL. Yeah, little hey, how are you? Pop in for a training camp or two, and then get on with your life, dude. Uh, I'm gonna run through Alabama quarterbacks. Does Jalen Hurts count? A- AJ McCarron was the name I was looking for earlier. Mm-hmm. It's Mac Jones to a Jalen Hurts 2016. I don't. I don't think you could. I don't think they could pay him enough money to guess this correctly. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Blake. Um, yeah, you know that's fine. We'll take that. Blake is it Barnett. Blake, Blake Barnett. Who that Blake was? Webb? That was good by you. No, no, 2015. 2015. Who was that? Was that? Who was running the offense in 2015? Two guys played that year. Cooper Bateman. Who? And Jake Coker, 2014. Blake. Oh, I recognize Coker. Blake Sims. Sims. Okay. Yes. Then we get to your McCarron and your McElroy. Yeah. I probably botched that last name. McElroy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I will say Ohio State, I mean, they haven't had a good track record either. Dwayne Haskins, yikes. But I don't know. I think Fields is different. And same thing with um I will say, I do think Mac Jones will be good in the NFL. I'm not saying that. I just think when you're trading up to three and uh, I don't know, I'm going for upside and I'm going to take the more athletic guy every single time. Cause I think they're pretty much on par just about as a passer. I think the thing with Mac Jones is everyone says that he has all the, like this photographic memory and he's just like one of the quickest processors people have ever seen. And if that's the case, then I could see the appeal of that to the head coach. Yeah. Especially a guy like Shanahan. He's like, hey, I got my system to run it. I need you to be able to see what the defense is doing and get the ball out quick. Like, yeah, I could see the I could see that being the reason why they want to go Mac Jones. Again, I'm still taking fields, though, if I could. It's the same take I made with Sam Darnold to the Panthers, though. You have playmakers. I'm not designing the offense around Sam Darnold. I want him to have the football in his hands for as little time as possible. And We're gonna run. Darnold can do that. We'll see, right? Yeah. But but that's and and honestly, if you're going to swing for the fences with upside, Trey Lance is as raw as they get in terms of experience. But he's got a bazooka of an arm. Yeah, maybe he can be molded into a, an accurate, really good quarterback. He's starting to trend more and more every day. I feel like he's going to be way more popular. Here's what I, here's what I think. I'll give you one, two, three, four. T. Law, Wilson, Mac Jones. I can see the Falcons trading back to nine, and the Broncos taking Trey Lance at four. And then I can see the Bengals going Jamar Chase because that's going to be the flashy upside receiver pick. I, I really do feel like I can see Jamar Chase going to the Bengals. Oh, but that would make six. Maybe you're thinking Sewell to the Dolphins unless somebody else trades up. And then somewhere between seven to 10, the Patriots are trading up and they're going to take Justin Fields if he's left on the board. Yeah, I think I think the Pats trading up to the Lions pick makes a ton of sense. That to me is one like I, I don't bet like I'm I'm not really a gambler. That would be something I would think about maybe throwing a little bit of money like I don't know if that's even a bet you could make, but something where it's just like I don't know what the odds would be, but yeah, the Patriots just trade up with the Lions. I think it makes a ton of sense, um, and I think it, it works out too for the Lions because they have needs literally at every single position besides tight end. I feel like, and you're not going to be able to fill that and fix your team in one. In one draft. So I think just kind of trading back, picking up some more picks for the future as well as in this draft would do them wonders. 
Yeah. And I could even envision a scenario where if the Falcons know the Panthers are going to go pits, the Falcons just trade up one spot with the yeah. Panthers and, and take, take the guy. If you think that with Julio, you know, going to be on his way out potentially with the trade and they trade back to give, get some draft capital, they could just reinvest it right back into that eight spot. If, if you think the Panthers are also another candidate to trade back, Maybe they trade back with the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots jump up to eight, and that's how Pitts falls to nine to the Falcons again. And he's right there. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just, again, we're going through all these different scenarios. I'm so excited um, for the draft. I'm sorry for Thursday night. I think it's going to be a fun, fun one to watch. Yeah, this one means a lot. We've been doing what we can. We've been working, learning, researching, you know, playing dynasty doing dynasty startups we have a lot of lot of stake in in what happens on thursday we're going to be kicking off well we have our rookie drafts coming up for the melting pot that's a league that's featured on our show in the fall when the season's actually beginning and we're kicking off the churn is hosting the war room 16 team super flex tight end premium Dynasty startup will kick off the Monday after that draft. So everything that we've done, the homework is going to put be put right to the test. We're going to be excited about that one. Check check in for updates there. In other news, we had trade Bonanza. Dynasty yeah. rocking the house again. I'm going to give it to you. Go through what we got, break it down, and we'll talk trades, and then we'll talk NFL draft, and we'll be good to go. Bro, I am so tired of, I feel like every time I post the show, 12 hours later is when we start seeing all the trades. <laughs> like, it's just immediate. It's like, what just happened? So, all right, did we talk, we talked about Aaron Jones, George Kittle trade um, on the last pod, correct? Yep. So, all right, going to kind of rip through these real quick. So, myself and TJ made a quick trade. Um I gave up Cortland Sutton in the third pick of the second round this year. I got Allen Robinson in return. What are your thoughts? Quick. Excellent. Allen Robinson. I debated you for hours on Allen Robinson, free agency versus everybody else. Versus Godwin. And now I have both. That's fine. It's I not like win. I don't like Godwin. <laughs> I, look, a lot of mouth to feed. In the Broncos, it's a team that's two or three years away from competing. They're most likely going to take a quarterback. Plus yeah, that helps ACL. him. Judy, Hamler. So I think Sutton is the guy that's going to lose traction on that depth chart when everybody loves, you know, Judy, loves Chachi, Hamler, Tim good Patrick. tight ends. Tim Patrick, 27-year-old late breakout. We love Tim Patrick around here. Mm -hmm. That's fine. So, 27 is fine for a receiver, by the way, making a quick take. There's yeah. years left in the tank for him to produce. Yeah, no, I'm not. I am. I'm happy to get Allen Robinson for that price. I mean, good I price. Feel a lot better with him as my wide receiver three than I did Cortland Sutton. So now Agreed. I got DJ. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver two, I guess I, I'd probably put him over DJ Moore right now. So I got Godwin, A Rob, and DJ Moore, a wide receiver. Um, but we'll, we'll come back to my wide receivers in a little bit because I was pretty busy. So then that afternoon, I traded away Jeff Wilson for a 2023 second round pick. So I traded away a second this year to upgrade uh, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson. I then proceeded to trade Jeff Wilson and get a second back in 2023. That's just what we call incremental gains. We're going to work on it. That it's only going to gain value. Jeff Wilson, on the other hand, eh, He's going to help Kyle. I mean, Kyle needs more running backs. I mean, he was really only ever going to play for me to be because of injuries. So, all right, next one. Uh, or did you have any thoughts on that? Or no, good, good trade. Nothing crazy. All right. Then we had myself and Luke made a trade. I gave up Brian Edwards. He gave me back Jarvis Landry. You're you know, busy. I was, I had a very busy afternoon. Um, Jarvis, though, becomes my wide receiver four now, which say what you want about Jarvis. I think he he's not the best. He's not really going to win me any weeks, but he's a guy. I know if I got injuries, if I got a bye week, I could 
toss him out there, he's going to get me six catches for 40 yards. Like I just, he'll get me double digit points, which I'm fine with. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I know Luke was going for the upside with Edwards. Um, he has a bunch of really good wide receivers right now. So he's like, I would rather just take the shot on Edwards versus the um, known asset in Jarvis. Yeah. I mean, Jarvis Landry only getting older. Not that that's like a bad thing. Real football wise, they're still going to feature him and he's still going to be a PPR guy. That's going to be good. And he's going to be flex worthy. Brian Edwards really didn't see the field much last year. No, he's trendy in the analytics crowd and he's young. So when you're thinking dynasty wise for Luke, it's great for him to pick up a young asset and he's not hurting his receiving core by trading you Jarvis. He still has a very, very solid team. Good move for both team. It accomplishes you building depth. And then Luke looking for some, uh, some long range prospects that can maybe bloom in a year or two. So I uh, good trade all around there. I, you were busy, but I think it was all good quick hitter deals that are just helping you figure out how you're going to complete your team to compete this yeah. year. Now enough about me though, because you're involved in this next trade. So you gave up the Michael P Ryan in return. You got Josh Kelly in a 2023 third round and what were your thoughts going through this trade it's two players for the cost of one guy that i don't know what are the jets gonna do probably take a running back like i, I never really was interested in the michael p ryan they have a pretty crowded running back room i'm not interested in jets anyways until i see the team be better that's just a real football take um 2023 third we're gonna put that one in the freezer hope it doesn't expire maybe that pick gains value and becomes like a late you know like early yeah. third like what whatever i mean it's a shallow league and it's only a third three round draft there's going to be guys worth taking in the third round in a couple of years so we'll see what happens so i'm happy choir picks at yeah. all costs right now for me and i'll be honest i mean i value them pretty similarly p ryan and kelly that is so it's like Okay, cool. Uh, I'll just take your third rounder. It's a guy who I value pretty like the same between. Yeah, I got a free pick there. Yeah, that's all. I do think I do think Piran has a more realistic path to carries, but agree. uh, All right, up next. So this one. Oh boy, this one. So Tucker and Kyle made a trade. Kyle also got a little bit busy. So Kyle picked up first in Jamison Crowder in 2023 in return for a first rounder in 2023. Bit of a cocky move from Tucker. If I'm correct, Tucker traded away his first in Jamison Crowder in 2023 to get it Cass's first in 2023. Is that correct? All right. Breaking news. That trade was not made by Matt Tucker. That trade was made while Matt Tucker was taking a nap. That trade was made by his cohort and co-owner, Matt Johnson. Oh. And he messaged me. This is good entertainment. I'm going to pull the message up. Why doesn't he? Why don't we put him in the league? Why doesn't he become a co-owner? He's a co-owner in the war room coming up, too. He's actually in the Discord for the war room. Oh, that's cool. All right. LOL, I think Tucker's sleeping. You think he'll be mad he made that trade? And I said, LOL, is this Matt Johnson? Yeah. I said, that was a smart move. That other first might be worth more. And he said, and quote, yeah, that was my thought process. Wait, that's what my thought process was, especially since he's the worst team in the league and we have his first next year. So in my head, we traded Crowder, let's say, and let's say pick 10 to move up to a top three pick. And I know Tucker wanted that pick before. I just didn't want to overpay for it without over uh, without talking to him. But I wasn't expecting him to accept that trade. And quote, that's good entertainment. Kyle, Kyle loves Jamison Crowder. That's like his boy. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a ballsy. That is a ballsy, ballsy move. I don't know if I would have done that, just because there's so much that can happen quickly, like so much. That's just good entertainment, though. Oh, no. That's a direct quote. Yes. No, it is very entertaining. I'm here for it. Hashtag this league. 
Um, but yeah, that's a, I don't think it's worth giving up Jamison Crowder to move up potentially in the first round in two years. Like I, that could be totally wrong. And like Tucker's team, like could fall apart and all of a sudden Kyle got the higher pick and Jamison Crowder. So I think there's going to be quickly. rivalries brewing. Yeah. In the dynasty. Tucker's out for blood this year. I know he is. And then this kind of leads us into his next trade, which is the last one. This one, I mean, one of this magnitude, I feel like kind of had to be the capper on the uh, afternoon of filled with trading. So, all right, bear with me for a moment here. So Tucker traded away Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller, Carson Wentz, two second rounders in 2021, a third rounder in 2021, and a third rounder in 2022. In return, he got Deshaun Watson, Curtis Samuel, Michael Pittman, two 2021 second rounders, a 2023 second rounder, and a 2022 third rounder. So I'm not, picks wise, it's kind of a wash if you think about it. Um, Tucker again, though, picked up the second rounder of Team Eight, who is you. I'm looking through here. I wasn't sure if he went for Cass's there. Um, but player for player wise, I mean, this is a this is a big big time move, I think, out of Tucker. Taking the risk on Deshaun right now. I didn't this trade was all noise, in my opinion. I made a couple takes in the chat. It looks bigger than it actually is, but the trades void out. Cass gets a quarterback. I don't really, when you're like, when we think about like his team, I don't love the idea of getting older when you had yeah. guys like Pittman and Curtis Samuel to try and build around and you swapped what a few picks. Like, I think he could have got, I think he could have got a quarterback for less and he still had Watson who, if he's on the field and if everything blows over is the top five quarterback in the NFL. So right now what he's doing He's getting ahead of a potential disaster with Deshaun Watson. Now, Tucker, the risk is really not there because he's still set at quarterback. It's not a super flex league. Tucker gains two young assets at receiver and builds depth behind a already strong receiving core. So what does it really accomplish? Cass gets a quarterback. Tucker gets youth. And that's that's really it, but it was really safe for both teams, in my opinion. I don't think he's swinging for the fences here because he already has a quarterback. He did not need Deshaun Watson. That felt like a flash move with no substance, no substance, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. And I will say on both sides, I mean, talking about Cass on his side, giving up Pittman while trading for Wentz, Yep. Like if you think that Wentz is going to be the guy, why would you give up Pittman? Did I say that in the chat? No, I don't know. <sighs> I, that, I'm just looking at it now. It's just like why? Like if you if you think Wentz if you think Wentz is going to turn it around and be that guy, I would have done everything in my power to hold on to Pittman. Agreed. I wouldn't have given him up. Um, I also think that I mean Will Fuller though is definitely an upgrade over Samuel and Pittman. Um, he's 27, but like that's not that old. And I don't know how he's actually going to be with out steroids and with Tua. So we'll see. Maybe the tides from the moon will affect him a little bit more, though, being down in Florida, you know, like in Miami on the beach. <laughs> uh, um, I, don't, I don't know. He's got to stay on the field. He's got to stay healthy. He's never shown he can play 16 games. Can he play 17? I mean, that's a big ask. I mean, we're trying no. to increase – the amount of games he could play by one. And look, he got two, he got the two older guys to get a quarterback. You're trying, I mean, if you're in his situation, I want to build around youth and upside and longevity. He just, uh, the more I break this trade down, like I'm happy he has at least a surefire starting quarterback and he went and got that guy, but you also traded away maybe his potential number one receiver. So that makes sense when you voice it out that way. Oh boy. We'll see. (laughs) 
yeah, I just I, I think if he held on to Pittman, I would feel a lot better about the trade for him just because it's again, if you think once is gonna be that dude, that means Pittman will be. Yep. So yeah. Um I mean that's it though for the dynasty dynasty trades. I don't think we no, Cass really wasn't done after action. that. He traded that's away Fortnite had. for a couple picks with Dandel. Oh, oh, I did not pin that. Oops. Bad commish, Oops. bad commish. Here we go. I pinned the trades, and I did not pin that one. Am I missing anything else? Nope. All right, so then we had Leonard Fournette being traded away for Jamal Williams, a second and a third. So that's a pretty good deal for him. Got back a couple picks. I think Williams is pretty solid. I think he's going to have a role in Detroit. I mean, Swift got banged up last year. Um, we'll see. And I don't think that you're going to see teams now really being a full workhorse team anymore. And Williams has shown he can still produce while being the number two. So I think that, I think that's a pretty good trade all around for, uh, for Cass. Yeah. Getting picks is good. Got rid of Fournette who is going to be trapped in the biggest timeshare in football. Rojo Fournette, Gio. Yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn. If you want to put that out there, he was nah. he was trending upward for a week when uh, Bruce Arians said he might have a breakout season, and then they went and signed Gio. Ah, uh, they they re-signed everybody. They're bringing back every running back. So Literally I I want to I want to avoid that running back room. Goodbye him to pick up a couple picks there. I'm not really sure what Dan Dell was thinking there. If I'm going to roast somebody on the pod. Dan Dell has been kind of quiet and he comes out and makes a trade. Fournette, like, I will say, I do think Fournette has more upside than Williams this year. Maybe, maybe, but in a PPR league, I, I love Jamal Williams as a fourth. Like if you're playing him as your second flex, that, yeah. that's fine. I'm, I yeah. I would only play Fournette as my second flex. I'm not, I, I wouldn't want him to be my running back too. You know what I mean? No, but I, some teams might not have that choice though. No. And I, I get that. And I will say the reason why I think Fournette has more upside is just because I think he's got an easier path for touchdowns. So from that standpoint, I do understand liking him more than Williams. Is it enough to give up the two picks? I'm not totally sure, but I I know I do like Fournette more than Williams. Yeah, I think you're higher on Fournette than I am. I, I really don't care for Fournette at all in Dynasty or, or Redraft. Jamal Williams is one of those guys that will play – the role of Gio Bernard will play the role of JD McKissick in 2021 for a bad football team. That's going to probably going to be passing a lot and relying on, on the running backs. He has a path to some decent, some decent value this year and he got some picks for it. So good. That was a good trade. That was better than the first trade in my opinion. And I think that's what capped off. That was the finale for moves on Sunday? Yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I missed that one yesterday, so that's on me, guys. Sorry for not pinning it. I don't know if anybody else uses the pin messages to see all the trades, but I pin Um, every trade that gets done to make it easy for people just to go through and and see everything. Yeah, and you can tell how many messages people have sent in your league. So Mm -hmm. there's two people that most likely would use that, and they're both sitting right here. Yeah. (laughs) so don't worry about that just so everybody else knows now going forward the pinned message thing has all the trades that have been made uh going back like three months so i think from like once the league resets so yeah but all right cool so that's it um for dynasty real quick do you want to kind of hit on some of the guys who we're looking forward to seeing where they land on Thursday and just guys to kind of keep an eye on this whole weekend? Yeah, we're moving right along here on the churn. Last little bit in segment, we're looking at PFF, mock draft. We're looking at Daniel Jeremiah, top 150. And we're looking at guys that we're just watching and waiting and being good fans. You know, come, in, come Thursday to see what kind of happens and how things will shake up. Yeah, but, I am very excited. I know we, I know I've been talking about it and I keep saying how excited I am, but I think this is going to be something that 
this is going to be fun, fun draft because there's so much offensive firepower in this draft. And what are we, what are we doing here? We're a fantasy podcast. What do we care about offense? So yeah, I, this is going to be a huge, huge rookie draft. I think when it comes to fantasy little leaves a little bit to be desired at running back, but I think everywhere else, I mean, you're looking at getting studs. Yeah. Agree. And I mean, you're basically the Tim Tebow of NFL draft right now. Remember the press conference? I'm excited to be a jet. I'm excited to be excited. You're literally excited to be excited. And that's, that is a fact. That's not an opinion. I'm looking at it. I'm watching it happen in real time here. He can't contain himself. He's going to, it's going to burst. Okay. Let's go. Let's go quarterbacks. We know where Trevor Lawrence is going. Spunk or flunk? Give me your best and favorite landing zone for Justin Fields and a landmine landing zone for Justin Fields. So I think number, I mean, obviously if he goes into the Shanahan offense, that's a boom. Love that. But I think Fields is a guy where, and I think with quarterback, it's not as much landing spot dependent. Obviously, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a bad spot for fields, I think it would be Atlanta because I would assume he wouldn't be starting week one. So you would have to wait for that investment. But besides that, even then, I'm not as worried about him. If he goes to Atlanta, it's like, oh man, I might have to wait a year or two years, which that would really suck. But you know that you're going to get good production from him afterwards, I would think. So I don't know. Do you, is there anything you had in mind for a spot you would not want him to go? Anywhere he's not starting. You're one. I mean, this is a guy that could go as high as one, two in super flex rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. So that's a landmine for me because he has everything fantasy players are looking for. He could be the next cheat code. He could be the yeah. next Kyler Murray in terms of points. One and two is his talent. His landing zone might impact that depending on where he ends yeah. up. But even then, I mean, if that's the case, and then he's going to fall down considering in Superflex, I don't pick until last pick of the first. I mean, I hope then that he's going to Atlanta and I, I'll wait. Like, I'll take Mahomes, I'll take Lamar, and I'll just wait for Fields. So I don't know. Cause I think that he'll, I think if he sits, I think it will be good for him. And I think you will see him be successful. You just, you might have to wait. You might have to put that one away in the freezer, like you're talking about with that draft pick and wait. But, I will say, too, at the end of the day, a lot of these guys recently end up playing a lot sooner than people have been expecting. So that could play a role in this, too. I'm going to use a good example for you. Maybe good. Mm -hmm. You can be the judge of that. I'm thinking Russell Wilson beating out Matt Flynn in the preseason after Matt Flynn had, what, one good game and got signed by the Seahawks? Yep. And then... Russell Wilson is that guy who could still provide some element of rushing floor Konami. That's a good comp. If you're not comping directly to Kyler Murray, that could be a pretty decent comp for the situation that Justin Fields could end up in. That's barring the Niners not taking them, which if you look at what Vegas says, Vegas says no. And Vegas is typically pretty right. They make a lot of money. They make more than me. They make more than you. The house always who wins. Did, you know what I mean? Who is Vegas saying right now? Like, who's the favorite for pick three? Is it Mac Jones or is it like a pickup? Oh, let's take a look. Because it trended back to Justin Fields. And then it trended back to Mac, Mac Jones. Hold on. Vegas odds to. Oh. Nope. I feel that's like not... it's back to Mac Jones now. Because I feel like it was Justin Fields for a little bit for like a day or two, and then it's always just boom, right back to Mac Jones. Here we and go. Also, I trust Rappaport with him saying that it's between uh, Lance and Jones. So I really I don't think they're going to take Fields. I don't think they're going to anymore at this point. I'm yeah. still looking for odds. I'm committing adultery. Wonderful. Jesus. Why can't I just get. Why can't I just get. How about Super Bowl? All right. Scrap it. 
Anyway, yep, that, that was might have been our best segment that we've done yet so far. Let us know what you guys think. Um, but <laughs> Trey Lance, I'll ask you the same question now. Trey Lance, where do you like him landing? Where are you a little bit more concerned and might see him fall in Superflex drafts? Broncos is my spunkiest landing spot for him a team that's loaded with weapons and playmakers exactly what you're looking for run that back with a day two running back i would be a big fan of that broncos draft there where don't we like trey lance uh i don't know the green bay packers sitting behind aaron Rodgers and next to jordan love i mean gee i mean where we know he's going to be a top 10 pick do we out of I, I definitely think so. He's going to be a top, he could be a top three pick if he goes to the Niners. He could, but I could, one of these guys is going to fall. I think not past 10, all five will be gone in the, in the first 10. I don't know. I don't know. This could be, I think one of them is due to fall. This could be a good uh, live bet on the pod. We haven't had one in a while. If, ah, here we go. Eh, I'll say it anyways. If five quarterbacks go in the top 10, you need to join me as somebody who gets one wrestler in WrestleMania. No, I'm not doing it. On that note, I did talk to Vin about that. We're going to do 16, most likely. Yeah, I think if we can. Yeah, I'll check and see if we could do 32, but let's get back on track here. So. All right, Trey Lance, I th- I would be a little bit worried about Carolina because I know I've said that, like, I don't love Sam Darnold. I mean, he he is going to have competition to play. Um, I would rather him go to Denver. I think it would probably be easier to beat out Locke, even then, I don't know. So I don't, I really don't know about Trey Lance. And this is kind of my thing with the quarterbacks where it's just like, you're more so, if you buy into the guy, they're going to start, they're going to be productive if they're good. Now, I do have a over-under question for you, though. How many over-under two and a half, how many quarterbacks do you think from this draft at one point or another have a quarterback one season? What do we define QB1? Top 12. Top 12 fantasy season. Over. Over. You're going over two and a half? Are we talking about this year? No, just in, in their career. Oh, over, over. My God, over. What's the odds on that? I'm losing money. I don't know. I think I would take the under on that. Tell tell me why. I think you're going to see. I don't think these guys are at least two of them are going to bust. Not all five are going to be good. It just, that's just the nature of the beast where it's like 50. If it's, if there are three guys who become entrenched starters, that's an awesome hit rate for this draft. I don't think it's likely that all three. Oh my God, my voice. <laughs> um, I don't think it's likely that you see all five of them be good. I hope that's the case. I'm not like wishing a bad career on these kids, but it just NFL hit rate show 50% is considered a, like a good quarterback draft class. So I would take the under on that. Are you just talking about these five or the whole class in general? You know, I, there's a couple developmental guys that I like long term. Yeah, I wasn't counting them. I just meant the top. I just meant the top five. I, I don't. Why do you think Kyle Trask and or Callan Mond are going to be the guys? So Callan Mond, here's a here's a guy because we have him on our list of prospects to watch. I like him to the Saints and developing behind. Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I I like Helen Monson, the Saints, very much. He's got a bazooka of an arm. Maybe he's a little raw. I coach a bazooka. Come on. Get him on there. They have weapons everywhere. He's going to be cheap. Maybe even early second. I mean, if you want the guy, you could take him at the end of the first. I was going to say, so the guys, I did add in Kyle Trask and Kalamon to our list because these are guys who I could see a team potentially trading back into the end of the first round for. Um, And so the reason why you would do that is so you get the fifth-year option. It's the same thing that the Ravens did when they got Lamar so they can get the fifth-year option. And so if you're going to take a guy in the early second, you should just trade up to be able to get that fifth year. 
Um, so I don't know if Trask or Mond are going to go in the first. I know a lot of people now are kind of starting to like Mond for his physical traits, but he didn't always produce in college, which sounds a little bit familiar to Dak Prescott, who I, I've seen him be compared to a lot. So we'll see. I I don't know. I don't know with either of these guys. I know Trevor Lawrence is going to be pretty good. Besides that, I think that all these guys have upside to be very good players in the NFL. But like I said, odds are half of them won't be. So, Is this us submitting our take at the deadline for quarterbacks? Like we said, we got to uh, – eventually we just have to sit and watch, right? We have to sit and watch this play out. Nobody knows anything. Yeah especially when it comes to court, like just no one knows with quarterback. So it doesn't like, I don't think it needs to be a hot take from us and who's going to be good. Who's going to be bad. Because honestly, it's just, you need to know like the, like the mentality of all these players. Like we don't sit down and talk to them. The only thing we know is from what we can watch on film and from their stats. Like, it's not like we're meeting with them. So we don't know their personality. We don't know how they are as leaders. And I think that's what it comes down to more than anything. Agree. Um, all right, running back wise, it's going to be kind of a thin first round, I think. I mean, last year there was only one guy. I think this year there might be one guy, Najee Harris, is probably going to be the only one. Sounds a lot like the Steelers, which would be a dream spot since we know that uh, Mike Tomlin likes to use a bell cow. Besides that, I mean, if a team's spending a first round pick on Najee Harris, I mean, that's a dream spot. The only way how I don't like where he goes, I think, is if he falls outside the top 40. And even then, like, I don't, it would still depend on what team he went to. So yeah. is there any way where you're nervous about him where he could realistically get drafted? I'll throw out one Seattle. Now that I'm thinking about it, I could see Seattle drafting him and then just like, Oh yeah, we're going Carson Harris, Penny. And just all three guys are like in a timeshare. Man, there's a lot of spots that like reek reek of death. Lions second round. No early. way. No like, way. Jets. I don't love the Jets taking him. Niners. You would be the cro- bell cow. Niners crowded running back room. Look, look. No. I like Najee Harris for redraft more than Dynasty. Given, like, if you're building a team. If you're in win now in mode and you have a good team built, go get Najee Harris, right? He's going to add to a well-built out roster. If you're rebuilding, I don't I don't know. Yeah, you could go with Najee Harris, but he's a little bit older. Redraft, go and get Najee Harris in the third round. If he goes to the Steelers, you just won yourself a bell cow. If he goes to the Steelers in the first round, he's not going to be – he's going to be a top 15 pick in redraft. Yeah. Agreed. So. And my thing, I mean, I've talked about this a lot on here too, where it's like, I don't worry as much about running back age. So I know he's older, but like, I'm not as concerned. Um, besides, and here's the thing. Yeah. If he's going to the Niners and the Niners are actually putting draft capital into him, I am all in. Same thing with the Jets. If the Jets spend a top 40 pick on him, I'm going to like him a lot because he has zero competition for carries there. He's got Michael P. Ron, he's got Tevin Coleman, but like, there's no one really of no, okay, Ty Johnson, but like, not worried. Now you got Zach Wilson in there. Let's say Zach Wilson becomes something and they hit on this draft pick. You got the guy running the Niners offense. Um, I forget the offensive coordinator's name, but I thought it was a good hire. Is it? Oh, it's uh, LaFleur's brother. So I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't be so down on him if the Jets hit, like if the Jets took him. Um, another guy, Travis Etienne, could be guy going in the first round, top 40 picks. Uh, Javante Williams. Another guy you could be seeing going early day two, uh, Michael Carter, Kenneth Gainwell, Chuba Hubbard, and Elijah Mitchell are all guys who we kind of like as well, who might be getting that second round, potentially third round draft capital. And any guy who goes after that is the hit rate drops significantly after round three for, uh, for NFL running backs. Yeah, I do like the Falcons to take a running back. One of those guys who – isn't going to be a bell cow this year, a workhouse or a workhorse. I do like the Broncos to take a running back. Melvin Gordon's getting a little bit older and they have a really good offense. I think that would, those are two teams in need 
Running back, Jets also need one. I hope it's not Najee Harris. I just want the dream landing spot of Najee Harris to the Steelers. I, I think that's just a match made in heaven. Makes the most sense from a fantasy perspective, and it gives them what they look for. Um, a, Any other running back needy teams? I think the Patriots need a quarterback and a back. I know you don't love a Patriots running back because, what, they're never going to be workhorse, right? Well, let's um, say Harris goes there. No. <laughs> ben Jarvis Green. That would Ellis. be a bad spot. That would be a bad spot. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, round two. Let's go. Touchdowns, baby. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if Sony Michelle is who I'm gonna go back to, who he was good. He was good for that year. And then his knees just broke down. Um, yeah, I mean, are there any other running backs besides that who you want to be hitting on? Like, I don't really think there's no there's not a not a ton. Um, but again, I mean, running backs can change completely. That's it's really all just about draft capital more than any other position. Um, yeah. but wide receiver wise, there's a lot of, lot to be excited for in this draft. So I'm just going to run through these real quick. Um, Jamar chase LSU. You don't know who that is. You're about two years behind at this point, but go look him up. Monster, uh, performed Justin Jefferson at LSU. Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, Alabama wide receivers, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, Rondell Moore from Purdue, Terrace Marshall from LSU. There's a bunch of other guys after that, but I think these are probably the top seven guys who we're going to see going in the first, uh, maybe second, depending on kind of where they are uh, with injury stuff for some of the guys. Yeah, and you might not like it, like it, but Kadarius Tony's trending. Yeah. To be a first rounder. Yeah. No, I forgot to, I knew I was forgetting someone. I don't like him, but he's a guy who's going to be going most likely in the first. It sounds like or, or early second, um, which again, I don't totally get, but I, I can see it, I guess. I'm going to make one take. I'm concerned about the receiver that goes to the Ravens. Oh yeah. Me too. Very concerned. That's a sponker flunk take. That's a flunk take. I'm very concerned. It's a run first team. They couldn't support Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews last year. I don't know how you could then now draft somebody, sign Sammy Watkins. We're not changing the game plan. They're not going to be a pass first team. They're going to run the football with Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards, who's a very good running back. I'm very scared. I'm making this take. So this was before we had really started playing Dynasty. There's a fella named A.J. Brown. Ever heard of him? Everyone was worried about him because he he tested off the charts. He looked like he was going to be the stud. And he went to Tennessee in the second round. And everyone, from what I've read now, has been like, when that happened, was very down on him. And I was like, oh, he went to Tennessee. What a horrible landing spot. But look at that. When you bet on the talent, he goes to show, like, talent can win in, like, pretty much any situation. So I'm not saying that whoever the Ravens draft is going to be A.J. Brown, but there is a like there is potential for someone to kind of break the mold and break out in that style of offense. I don't think it's like, but yeah, I mean, let's not, if there's a guy who you really, really like, even if he doesn't go to the best situation, don't completely knock him off your board and let him slip in rookie drafts just because of it. What if they take two? Oh, then I, that sucks. That's that sucks. I mean, it's a real possibility. They just traded for how many picks they just traded Orlando yeah. Brown. They're so, going to have two high priority it, picks. So what it sounds like, what I was reading is that um, it was from some Ravens reporters is just like, yeah, they think they're probably going to trade down from the Chiefs pick to get more picks later in the draft just to keep building out the roster. So I would kind of be surprised if they ended up picking two wide receivers, but considering I have Lamar in the melting pot, I would be very, very happy with that. Yeah, I think it helps Lamar. I don't think it helps the receivers standalone value. No, 
No, I mean, I would be crazy to say, like, I'm not going to like to say, oh, I'm just not going to ding them because of where they landed. Like, no, that is a real concern. Is their lack of passing volume? And so, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, there's so few targets to go around as is right now. So that would not be ideal. Um, One last that, thing. I mean, yeah. I want, I want to go back over what we talked about pre-show. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you were asking me if you can jog your memory a little bit about like yeah, was- bad landing zones for receivers, but like, how does this class fit into the current landscape of the NFL? Does that is that oh, accurate yeah. to what you asked me? Yeah. So I was just asking, like, if there's because I pretty much came out and said I was just like outside of the Ravens, like, there's really not a spot where I'm like super concerned about who gets drafted there. And I know you kind of had a nice rebuttal there um, about a team that we've talked about a decent amount tonight on the pod. Look, the the moral of the story is this class, the receiver class is very deep, but it's being highly regarded as a slot receiver class. There's not a lot of outside X dominant receivers that are coming out. You have Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman can play on the outside. If Terrace, Marsh, Terrace Marshall can stay healthy, he has the ability to play on the outside. There's some later third, fourth round draft grade guys that are taller, big bodied receivers, but the markup of this class is highly skilled PPR machine slot receivers. Now, can every team use that? No. Can the Panthers use the same prototype as DJ Moore? No, they just traded away or they let Curtis Samuel walk because his production is redundant. They have a good makeup. They have Robbie Anderson on the outside. They have DJ Moore on the inside. What do they need? They need, they need Kyle Pitts, right. To complete that receiving trio. But a lot of these teams, the best landing spots for these slot receivers are going to be where there's dominant X receivers. And they can now do their work in the middle of the field, take away the attention off a number one guy. And yeah, they're going to be successful but we're not drafting a full class of alpha receiver one players. Not everybody needs the slot guys right now. So it's going to be team dependent in my opinion to, to a point. For sure. And I I will say, I do think guys like Smith and Waddle can probably play on the outside too. I mean, when you're talking about Elijah and Rondell Moore and Kadarius, Tony, I think those guys are definitely just slot. Um, I think Waddle and Smith, you're going to see them be in there early in their career and potentially then start to transition more to the outside. But I mean, Devonta Smith did play well in college against press coverage where I wouldn't be shocked if he becomes an outside guy over time too. But yeah, no, I'm with you. And with the Panthers, I don't know if it was as much as the production was redundant with Curtis Samuel or if they just didn't want to actually pay him that much where I could see them then taking another, uh, explosive playmaker in this draft maybe a little bit later not going pick eight though but like a guy maybe a luke's boy diami brown and like the second or third like i could see them maybe grabbing another guy like that yeah i i think that's definitely in the realm of possibilities but a little bit more so than usual yes talent yes we want that but i think we need good landing spots for some of these receivers to find touches immediately on the field, right? For some of the guys that we're excited about, where do we want Elijah Moore to go? Green Bay Packers, come on. Because if he can dominate in the middle of the field alongside Devontae Adams, and they need a guy who can just rake on the inside catches. They have good deep threats. Don't get me wrong. MVS and Alan Alan Lazard are great. They were good good deep threats last year. Devontae Adams is what? You know, that's your guy that can play as a route runner first down guy anywhere down guy deep ball guy there's not many alphas in this class outside of jamar chase he is the alpha receiver one yep maybe bateman can become that if he maintains i don't know i don't even want to put that i'm not excited we're like we're going to be seeing Devontae adams level prospects in this class it's going to be more ppr machines so the funny thing too about the funny thing too about Devontae Adams is like he was awful the first two years of like early in his career. Like he was terrible his rookie year, pretty bad his second year, and then the third year he started showing more promise. So 
again, that just goes to show too, like these guys who work their asses off, like the, the that's just something you're never really going to be able to kind of uh, figure out right now, like with the stuff that we have access to, like with the information we have the ability to uh, to look into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much it for me on the wide receivers, tight end wise. Obviously, Kyle Pitts, superstar. Pat Fryermuth, number one tight end besides Pitts in the last two years. Um, Brevin Jordan, tight end from the U. Hunter Long, guy from BC who's starting to come up draft boards. Am I missing anyone else at tight end? Meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. No, it's an okay tight end draft. It's nothing special, but last year's was pretty bad. So that's why it's like it's oh. nothing special, but you got Kyle Pitts. Yeah. <laughs> Come well, on. besides him, that was a sleepy Pitts take. Are... That was sleepy. I'm just saying, there's it's not like you're gonna see a couple years ago when you had Hawkinson and Font and Fant. I think Mark Andrews was in that draft class too, where it's just like, yeah, you're getting good guys. It's just right now there's not there, there's only gonna be one guy going in the first round, most likely. And unless you see Pat Fryermuth go to the Jags second pick that they have late in the first, yeah. they could use a tight end and pairing up another weapon with Lawrence might be good for them. If they're just going to go all out, like let's invest in the offense. But other than that, I don't have too much more to add here. We're coming up on the 70 minute mark in tonight's show. I think we covered a lot of ground. What would you say? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm good. I'm excited for Thursday. Um, we'll be we'll be tweeting and stuff during the draft, so be sure to follow us there. I'm at Connor Bods underscore FF. You are at JDFran14, and we are at the churn FF. Joe, you got anything else? You make your picks, league. 